Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Howdy, partners. This is the Cousins. <laughs> Keep going. Don't stop. Don't I started stop. laughing straight away because you laughed at me. This is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KF, KL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And to kick us off this week, cousin... <laughs> I've got a little trivia question for you. Just quickly, our, our butchered intro is just continuing the theme of the morning. It has been <laughs> an absolute shambles all morning, mate. It's taken us two hours to to, to start recording after <laughs> we promised each other that we would condense our, our run sheet yeah, making be, time. We'd be quick. And it was the opposite of that this morning. But it, yeah, we're it, here. Even longer than normal. A, a, a big part of that was fixture analysis. but. Yeah. All right, yeah, hit me with your trivia. But we're here, yeah, we're here to play <laughs> trivia. We're here to talk fantasy. We're here to have fun. So, Keebs. Yes. Who has scored the most fantasy points for West Coast since 2012? Since 2012? Or, man, that's a tough. It's a, it's a tough one. I knew it, it would uh, stump you. Duggan. You reckon Liam Duggan? I don't know. I've, I've gone with Duggan. <laughs> oh my God, that's a bad guess. Is it? Who is it? Think about the West Coast players that have averaged over 100 since 2012. Duggan has never even averaged like more than 90. No, but he's 90. consistently been in the team. Oh, Andrew Gaff, surely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I believe you said Duggan. I don't know, mate. I thought it was going to be weird. I thought you were trying to trick me. That's I why. thought maybe you'd say Shuey or I didn't know, Hearn. I didn't or... know it was real trivia. Yeah, real trivia. I thought you were just Andrew Gaff. being a bit of a wank. But all right, there you go. <laughs> Gaff, Gaffy. Why? Why the trivia this week? Was it? I don't know. I just... I just wanted to start the show off with something different. All right. Catch you off guard. Next time I will prepare for trivia <laughs> and I will know that you're not being a peanut about it. <laughs> this was unplanned, as you can tell. <laughs> we should jump straight in anyway. What did you score this week, mate? Well, I just want to say, I don't even know why we show up. What do you mean? What are you even doing here? What do you mean? We spend just hours, you know, analyzing and reflecting and discussing what the best trades are and what we're going to do each week. I was listening back to our episode last week and you were like, oh, yes, and we're going to talk about Dunkley, your boy, who you're bringing in. I just never bring in who I plan to bring oh, in because didn't... there's just carnage every week. You didn't end up getting him. I thought you still got him. I don't know no. why. You got... <laughs> who did you get, mate? Tell us. Well, I got LDU. who was all right. We'll, we'll get to We'll talk about him a little bit <laughs> yeah, later. I've, but I've, got, I... I've got some things on. I've got, got some stories about LDU to tell later on the pod. But we, I grabbed also stupid little Tuk Tuk Miller and he... Dragged me through the mud and I ended up with a score of 23.36 this week. Not too bad. And I'm ranked 6,684th. So I think I went up about 100 spots this week. So I basically was par for where I am. It's not too bad, mate. It's a solid round. It's all right. Felt like I was having a nightmare round. What was the rank again? Uh, six six eight four. All right, we're we're close, man. Very close. I think I'm just ahead of you, right? You are. I, I pulled some back on you this week, but so I scored twenty three fifty, uh, and my rank is six thousand nine hundred and seventy seven. So yeah, I pulled back maybe maybe one hundred and fifty spots on you. I think what I get you by twelve points. Yeah, four, something like 40 that. Forty points. Yeah. 
I'm coming for you, mate. <laughs> I've got I've got to take the overall rank crown in our league, so I have something to just salvage the year because it's been it's been a bad one for keeps. Yeah, and uh, I still haven't quite been eliminated from finals, but it's I need two people to lose who are just not going to lose this week, so it's a bit it's a bit upsetting. One of them could be me. If I lost, do you make finals? No, nah. no, because you got to you got to draw, so you're six points ahead of uh-huh. me. It's it's flattening, mate. It, I'm still ruining the decision to trade Briggs over DC. That that cost me a win and a, a spot in the finals. So shout out to DC for just being the world's biggest dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be a good time to get into our hogs and flogs for this week. Let's start with our hogs. Our hogs. All right. This week, I've got two again. We didn't discuss it, and we might have we might overlap. So, oh god, I'll do don't one. do this to I'll me. I'll do. I'll do one. Let you talk, and then I'll I'll give my second one a shout out if you don't mention him. But Doc is the one I'm going for. He was my VC one thirty. End up taking the score. He got it in amongst the chip chip. He was inside mid against West Coast. Got the job done. But he was on our inaugural. Cousins top five captains list this week and he got the job done for me and for our listeners. So Doc, great stuff, mate. And who's your second one? Well, if you if you do yours, oh, I'll, I'll do okay. my second one afterwards. All right, okay, all right. Cool, so cool, so cool. I don't steal like I did last week. I've got a bit of a weird hog this game. All right, well, mine's... Or okay. for this week, I should say. Yeah. And it is anyone wearing the number nine in the final quarter of the final game. <laughs> So that's... I know you've got stats to back this up. I do, yeah. So the first one is Jack Steele, who had 42 points in that final quarter, finished on 133. Massive. And almost single-handedly won his team the game. But, well, they won the game, but it was almost... All right, we're back. We're back from our break because Jados decided to just stop talking midway through what he was saying. Well, I was halfway through saying it and you threw up the timeout signal, so I just stopped what I was saying. Just and so then you were like, oh, finish what you're saying. And now... Yeah, but the rule the rule that we have is you're supposed to get through your thought first <laughs> and then timeout so we could close the window because a truck was driving past. But continue, mate, continue. You're All not- right, so what <laughs> I was saying is that Jack Steele almost single-handedly won his team the game. Now, the other number nine, who I'm saying is my hog from the final quarter of the final game is LDU, who scored 48 points in that final quarter and single-handedly won my team a very close matchup. Hang on. Stop the pod. I've got an absolute gripe to pick with you about LDU right now. I was going to save it till later. You said some harsh things and you were an angry, angry man. There was a lot of swearies directed towards LDU. There was a lot of, I can't believe I've got LDU in my team. He's such a dickhead. I just don't <laughs> like him, Just man. getting mad because he was on, what, 58, I think it, three-quarter time? Something like that, yeah. What? But what do you have to say for yourself, mate? I, I, I wish I could display or, or properly read the messages to our listeners, <laughs> but they're so explicit that we might get banned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just angry because, first of all, my matchup was close. As I was saying, um, the scores were basically level at three-quarter time and my opponent had Sheezle and Crouch and I only had LDU, who was on 60, I think, um, at three-quarter time. But my boy put my team on his shoulders and got me over the line. Thank you, LDU, for that 48-point quarter. You're a gem, mate. I love you. And I'm sorry I said anything mean towards you just some quotes just some quotes from you LDU and Took are going to cost me finals bleep (laughs) LDU needs to hit other stat lines 
LDU on the pine for way too long, man. Bleep LDU. I can't believe I have LDU. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said he's dog shit as well at some point as well. And then he got to 104. Solid, mate. Just a solid game. Well, he went crazy in that last quarter, didn't he? The whole time you were just like getting so angry, seething. I could just imagine you sitting there and just feeling every ounce of it. But I was like, mate, it's all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. (laughs) It's going to be fine. I think I was extra mad because I didn't want him all week, but I was forced to grab him when Cripps was a late out. Yeah. Well, not a late out, but he was named out on Thursday night. And it's like, man, it's my plans ruined once again. It's what I was touching on at the top of the pod where I said, why do we even discuss all these options when I end up just grabbing Took and LDU, who I didn't consider all week. So I was like, I've got this stupid dog in my team that won't tackle, won't take a mark, is on 63 quarter time, and it's going to cost me a spot in finals in our league. Yeah. But he got it done, so that's why I'm giving him my hog for this week. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that actually team selection this week was frustrating stuff because I had trade plans as well. I was finally getting rid of Ashcroft, but Laird being out meant that I had to kind of change up my trades. Um, Obviously copped a bad score from Ash, but just quickly on the hogs, I wanted to give another shout out for the second week in a row to Windhager for his 114, 30 disposals, which is a career high, and he was everywhere from halfback, just Played a great game, Wintager. Beautiful second half. Yeah, he was everywhere, wasn't he? Like getting junk, um, he was just terrific. getting involved in everything. It was beautiful to watch. Absolutely terrific, mate. All right, let's move on anyway to our flogs. Who have you got? Boom. All right, my flog this week is Took Miller. Now, as I said before, with all the carnage, my midfield is slowly it's just getting worse every week. Like I picked up Mills last week when I didn't want to. This week I picked up Took because he's cheap and it's just another on the list of fails for me. Same scenario. I just, yeah, but I just, it wasn't in my plans all week, but just the carnage. So the real pain though, from that game is that he was on 52, eight minutes into the second quarter. And I just watched him agonizingly crawl to 81 for two and a half quarters. It's not great. Is it CBAs weren't where you want them to be either for two. Well, he was, yeah, he was in there at the start of the game and then they just moved him out and he just like never came back really. Shout out Sam Flanders who got a massive bump. He was huge. Um, My flog this week, it's, this is a rough one. You might actually criticize me for it, but I'm, I'm open to the criticism. I've got to go with Ashcroft. For a 63, I know he's done an ACL and I feel for the man and it's horrible. And shout out to Will for being just a dead set legend of a rookie this year, but he was my only score under like 82. Um, and Keys, who I could have given it to, saved his score with a massive last quarter. So I've got to give it to Will, but the flog is really just the injury that, that came for him. Harsh. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not harsh. you. Will Ashcroft's ACL, that's the flog. All right. (laughs) Let's move on to our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. Okay. My hot bake for this week. It's a collective hot bake to every single coach who has not clamped Bont this year. Just for not doing it. It's the same scenario as Dacos um, at the start of the year. And you, like you could argue that he isn't taggable. I messaged it to our group chat and I got absolutely shut down. Like, oh, you can't tag him. He's too good. You can. You, you can, can tag everyone. I, mate, I've owned Bont in the past for some painfully low scores. Um, I went back through the stats and I've owned him for a 45, a 51 and a 55. And none of those were injury affected games. 
He used to hate a tag back in the day. Yeah, um, he's a he's a different... and you can't say, but you can't say he wasn't a superstar. Oh, like, he he's been, been a star for like four years now. No, he's been a star for like, like well longer yeah. even, but like a like superstar. He's like four or five years, and he's been tagged in that time seven years. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a stud, mate. He's been a stud for so long. Um, he used to get tagged more back then, and it's weird because he used to play forward as well. Now he's full time mid. Just just put someone on him. Just get someone to follow him around. It does my head in to see coaches tag players like Dan Rioli or even like Harry Sheasel. We saw Geelong give merit like the source two weeks ago. They put Atkins um, and O'Connor on him, but just you know when they played when they played. Western Bulldogs just let Bont roam free. Yeah. He's just racking up 30 and two every single week. It just Well, it's not just that. What, what do you have? Two goals, two, 29 disposals. He had the most meters gained for the game. Nine score involvements. Like, you don't even have to tag. It doesn't have to be a full-blown tag. Just whack someone on him at a stoppage. Don't let him just absolutely demolish your team. I don't understand it either. Yeah, Bont and Dacos are the two big ones. It's like, they're the two Brownlow favorites as well. Tag, surely tag. I'm all the way with you, mate. All the way with you. All right, I've got a hot baker that is not related to fantasy in any way. <laughs> but on Wednesday night last week, I went to Loyal Kana, just an absolute G. He's an, he's, he's an artist, an English rap artist, for those who don't know. There was a guy standing in front of me recording on his phone for 10 minutes at a time. Enjoy the music, mate. What are you doing? This extends <laughs> to people at football games who record stuff on their phone. Enjoy the game. What are you doing recording on your phone? Are you even watching? How can how can you be invested in what's happening when you're just staring at your phone? Get get over it, people. Technology's gone too far, mate. <laughs> Enjoy. Like, why would you pay money to go there just to record it on your phone? I don't understand. Wow, like, Keeves, you're so you're so enlightened. No, you're but, so in the moment. In all seriousness, all I could think when I saw that guy in front of me is like, mate, what are you doing? Like, <clears throat> surely watching it back on your phone is not going to be that entertaining as it would be just like being in the moment, getting into the music. Same with people at games, like footage pops up after games of like Jamie Elliott's goal from a boundary line view that someone's recording. Watch it and be in the moment, mate. Nah, they want that sweet, sweet content, mate. But that that goal is like was taken from a million different angles on way better cameras and it's all over socials and, you know, Facebook and Twitter and stuff anyway. Like, what are you doing? What's the point? Yeah, but if they get the good angle, pop it on TikTok, bang. A million is that likes. A million. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. Is I actually that, don't know. Is that what it, is that people, what it's come no, to? People, well, people do get like not, not, their own edits and stuff like that. Not people living in that. your experiences, mate. Not enjoying the surroundings and the, and the events that you go to. Just recording it all on your phone we're and trying just, to get likes. We're not as enlightened as you, man. Yeah, look. You're, sounds, you're a, sounds you're on another like plane, it, mate. Sounds like it, mate. But hot <laughs> back to the people who record stuff on their phones and don't enjoy... Their surroundings. Nah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually with you on that. Like, if you if you're paying money to go to a footy game, just like soak it up, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Be in the atmosphere. Talk, enjoy it. Even talk to the people next year. Have a beer. Do do your thing, but don't just sit there on your phone. It annoyed me. It really annoyed me. The guy in front of me at, <laughs> at loyal. I was like, mate, what are you doing? But yeah. all right, hot bake. Hot, nice. hot I bake like over. it. That's that's a different one. Hot bake over. Great. It's done. All right, let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Okay, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'll kick us off this week, and I've gone with two players for my good. It's two 
relatively cheap mid prices that really did the job for coaches this week. George Hewitt and Ivan Soldo for their 91 and 103 respectively. People were in dire straits this week with all the carnage that happened at selections and these two guys just stepped up massively, massively, massively. I got George Hewitt into my team this week in place of a rookie and his 91 was just an absolute godsend. So those two guys at a time when you know teams are, are basically full of primos played like primos this week and, and got the job done. Who's your good, mate? Well, I'm giving my good to Rowan Marshall. I think he deserves a little bit of love for scoring his 123. When we found out afterwards that um, Ross Lyon came out and said afterwards in his press conference, he said, Rowan almost didn't play. He had a fitness test before the game. We thought Tom Campbell was going to play. He played under a real duress. So it's pretty incredible that and someone... dominated. Who, yeah, someone who almost didn't play comes out against the Sherry... Goldie combo and drops a 123. He was just solid, solid stuff. Six marks, six tackles. Clutch as well. Kicked a big goal in the last quarter. It was huge, mate. He's having, he's having a terrific year. Yeah. So it's funny. We, (laughs) there's, there's so much talk and we'll we'll get into it later about like, um, the rucks and the top rucks coming home. And, um, you know, we're discussing who you could potentially have, um, out for Gorn. And it's like, well, maybe Marshall because he's got a hard draw, but he just keeps getting it done. So it's just, it's so hard, man. They're all, they're all just good. So yeah, Ron Marshall, good stuff, mate. This, this is probably that exact quote from Ross is probably a wake up that it would be good to maybe spend some of the money that people are freeing up now on a, on a backup ruck coming towards the end of the year. Like the dogs are locked into finals. Basically, it, it's not inconceivable that English could cop a rest at some stage yeah. or. Um, and you don't want to get stuck flat-footed. I think that would have been a donut for the whole competition. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, I've got Madden at R three, so yeah. I think I think everyone has a non-playing R three, and there would have been no one to trade him to. So I mean, I guess we would have all been in the same boat. But X is yeah. X is like one of the guys that you could grab cheaply. I know it's expensive, but this stage of the year, it, it's again, it's not inconceivable that you could pay up for a guy on your bench because you know. Everyone's got a team full of primos, basically. You just, instead of upgrading slightly on your field, you're just having ruck insurance for the remaining five games. Yep, I feel you. Cool. All right, my bad this week was Luke Jackson for his 88 against Sydney. It's not a bad score, and you've given me a bit of a weird look just then, Jados, but the reason I've given him a bad is because at his price, being a solo ruck, you just wanted to see more from him. Sydney gave up so many points last week to English. English dropped a 140 on him. Jackson was averaging about 112 as a solo ruck in his four games that he's played over the last two years. It's just, I I was keen to bring him into my team, but he didn't do enough against probably at the moment the easiest team for rucks to score on in Sydney. An 88, like that's just, it's right around his season average. He just, he just did not do enough for me. It's a bit of a weird one that the Luke Jackson discussion is is one that I actually want to have if you want to have it now. I mean, we can get into it. <sighs> wasn't he on 60 at half? I didn't get to watch this game, unfortunately, but wasn't he on 60 at halftime? I seem to recall he was. And I was like, yeah, I knew he was going to be good. I'm going to get him this week. Um, so it's kind of weird that he faded out of the game for an 88. Yeah, he was on 55 at halftime. Oh, okay, 55. So 33-point second half. Again, it's just the opposition that he played against, it's like surely you could manage a ton. You know, If you turned up, I'd probably be keen to get him in, but it's just such a middling score. You didn't really see anything that that showed you that you need to grab him more, that he's really a viable option at that price. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Um, yeah, 
disappointing if you're an owner, but I think I still think he's better than that. 88's not too bad, really, either. That's why I kind of gave you a funny look that you, you gave him your bad. It's it's just because you wanted to see more to get him. Yeah. You know, but he's, he's he still like, had 80% tog against the easiest team for a Ruckman. You've got to do a bit more than that at this stage to, to warrant bringing him in. Yeah, fair enough. All right, my bad for this week is Jack McRae for his 69. Um, he's gotten a lot of hype this week for equaling JPK's record for consecutive games of 20-plus disposals, but he's literally just getting 20 and then just doing absolutely nothing else. Um, he has a five-round average of 85. You're being harsh on McRae at the moment. Just, <laughs> I, I think just, it's just pretty say, justified. I'll just say it. He scored a 69. Let me finish at least. He's got a five-round average of 85, and this is for a guy that we paid 916K at the start of the year for expecting him to be an uber primo mid. He got forward status and we're like, all right, yeah, we'll peg him as a top six forward. Can't even put up numbers with the top six forwards. Yeah. I think I think it's justified. Seven CBAs though. It's like, it's it, at a certain point, his form's not great, but Bevo's the one that you blame. He's cooked McRae, he's cooked Baz. Baz was good this week, but I mean. McRae still comes up for stoppages though. 69 is not acceptable. Not to all of them. Not to all. Yeah, I know. If you're an owner, it's a horrible score, but I... I feel for owners and I feel for McRae because he's not being played in his position. I still think he'd be a 110 guy if he was a midfielder, but that's a discussion for another day. I bet if you were an owner, you'd be mad as oh, hell. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I probably, he probably would have been my like, flog this oh, week. Oh, you're being so harsh to McRae. He's fine. A 69 no, is he's not, not fine. He's not fine. That's not what I'm, what I'm saying, but I just mean as a player, there's not much more you can do when you're being sat out on a forward flank, which isn't your optimal position. He's not playing as a small forward though. He's playing half forward. He's still yeah, drifting up the ground. It's just it's such a dead position. He was in, he was in great form like, a month ago as a half forward. It's because he's, he's so talented and such a gun still that he still has big games. But playing half forward is so hard. There's there's not really any players in the league that can be premium fantasy players and play like just pure half forward. Golden. He doesn't play half forward. He plays like wing half forward. He plays wing and inside mid. No, he played inside mid this week, but usually it's, he doesn't get many CBAs. It's mostly wing though. And Sydney have a bit of a different game style. But yeah, it's... It's it's rough. It's rough on not your rough on McRae. The season this year is just rough on McRae. I feel I, I love him. I'm a McRae. Man. <laughs> I can't believe you're trying to defend him after a 69. I love you, Jack. I'm sorry. No. All right, I'll move on. My ugly this week, Sam Walsh for his 53 and his injury. Not a super serious one. I think a hammy. Uh, Michael Voss said, but he was really playing well, very very well. He got injured a bit before halftime. Dropped a bad score. Just a shame. If you brought him in this week, he'd be so, so mad. So, so mad. Um, Yeah, 53 is just, just not going to cut it. That's all there is. Yeah, the Walsh nightmare continues. <laughs> it was in, he was in terrible form, being thrown all over the ground. And then like, was it like a month ago? He had an incredible first half and then tagged out yeah. <laughs> in the second half. And then this week, he looked like bouncing back, had an incredible first half again, or even less than a half. He was on, what was it, 53? Yeah, 53. Hamstring. Mate, I, I feel very sorry for owners because yeah, you just it's been a tough ride. A tough, I, tough ride. Season I, yes. season ending really for yeah. a lot of coaches. I, I was considering him this week as well, so bullet dodge there, but oh man, you uh, yeah. He had the juicy matchup. He was absolutely rolling as well. Flat. Yeah. All right, let's get into my ugly, and I'm giving it to our boy, Ollie Wines. Oh, yeah. You know our Nink and Poop era is officially over, but 
You just can't ignore a second score of 36 in a month. Yeah. Second <laughs> score of 36. He's already been like officially awarded the most disappointing season and it just got worse. Like let that sink in. Even Gaff scored 109 this week. Yeah. So uh, officially worst, most disappointing season he, of any player. He has to year. be close to getting dropped, surely. Like he's he's in crap form. It, terrible, terrible form. It's terrible. It's very bad. I can't believe it. It's actually, it's it's a little bit sad to see, really. Like, it, it it's fun to to make fun of a little bit, but now <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, we're just beating, beating up on a guy that's obviously just having a tough time with his footy right now. Kicking a man while he's down. Yeah. We're sorry, Ollie. We believe in you, and we hope... We hope to see you back at your best in our teams next year. It did feel it did feel a bit like that with Baz earlier in the year as well. We just kept smashing him week after week. But I'm happy to smash Baz. That's what you, that's what you do. I bet you are. <laughs> Not in that way. Hey, all right. Let's move on. <laughs> that wraps up GBU. Let's get into some Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to footwork in bed cable. Okay, Knights of the Round Table. This week, we don't really have too much to cover. Um, just the one massive, massive thing, which is the best 22 chat and then just a little bit of a fixture chat as well. So I'll throw it to you, Cuz. Why don't you start us off with our best 22 chat? All right, let's talk defenders. Let's do it. All right, so my top six defenders from here until the end of the year... Dawson, Dacos, Doherty, Sicily, Sinclair. And then at number six, I've got Sheasel. That's interesting. I think with Hall just completely out of the picture and the fact that now um, Zebel, they're, they're kind of, they're liking him as the sub. And I think they're going to stick with it because, well, he's an old man now. So his body is just sort of, you know, it's... It's probably a bit banged up at this point in the season. He brings experience towards the end of a game when he, they sub him on. He had an impact this week. As he the had sub. an impact. And also, he's a bit of a swing man. So, as a sub, like if someone gets injured, they can throw him in the forward line when they sub him on or throw him in defense when they sub him on. He's a bit like he's pretty versatile. Yeah. So, I think that sort of it sort of works for them as their sub going forward. And I think they're going to stick with that. So, Sheasel just has complete dominance over those kick-ins. We just saw it. He's just absolutely dominant. Yeah, he's, he racked up. This and week. like to think about how he started the year, he was what the top three players of the first like month, first yeah. five weeks. Crazy. There's only five weeks left. So I don't see why he could Unprecedented stuff. Yeah. So I don't see why he couldn't be a top six defender from here on out. So do you have any extras or like honorable mentions? Well, yeah, we had Gordon? a quick discussion before like off air and you had someone else at number six. So who did you have? Yeah, so my top five were the exact same in the exact same order. Um, but I've got Stewart at six. He's just been consistent. Oh, yeah, he, he is prone to a bad score, but he just keeps getting the job done. He's getting some CBAs now, which is interesting. I don't really think it impacts his scoring or, or even really roll because, like you said earlier off air, he's kind of just pushing back from the CBAs. Um, but yeah, I've got him six and then I've got Ryan and Sheasel just, just under those. Ryan's a good one if you want someone with a ceiling and then yeah, Shees I think could could keep doing what he has been in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think Sheasel is more likely to be consist- more consistent than Stewart. Um, 
Stewart has a bit, bit of a lower floor, but he also has a couple of easy matchups. So I don't mind him in that sixth spot. It's just a wait and see. I'd be happy with either of them in my team. Yeah, Dogs and Saints he's got mm. right at the end of the year. Yeah. The one yep. the one thing that works for Stewart as well um, is that Geelong are, are still really fighting to make finals. So um, you're probably not going to see him get rested or anything like that. Geelong obviously have a bit of a pension for resting players, but Stu's going to avoid that this year. Uh, he avoids it most years anyway. Um but yeah, he, he's not going to be any any danger of missing games. Yep. All right, let's move on to our midfielders. Now, for me, I've got Bont, Merritt, Laird, Steele, Brayshaw, Parrish, Sarong, and Petraka sneaking in at eight. We've, we've got, before you move on, I'll say we've got seven of the same. But instead of Petraka, I've got LDU in there. <laughs> so I've got Bont, Brayshaw, Sarong, Merritt, Parrish, LDU, Laird and Steele. And is it in that order? Yeah. So you've got Brayshaw at two? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, But I th- it's just a general top eight. Like, you know, the order might not be exact, obviously. But yep. I like LDU, man. I know he only scored 104 this week, but he's just three weeks of form. The way that he looked in that last quarter as well was just... He Terrific. just blew the wheels off the Saints. Um. He's an absolute stud. So Well, I've got him down as a smoky um, just because, yeah, North have a really soft draw, so I really like LDU as yeah as, a, as an alternative option. He's also cheap still, so, yeah, you'd feel great about having him in your team. What, um, what other smokies do you have? Do you have any more? <sighs> I haven't written any others down. I think um, I'll, I'll jump Neil. In. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll jump in with mine then. I've got Neil Took. Um, and actually Libba. Yeah. Because they've got really a soft draw for mids. I actually don't have track in mind anywhere, Petraka. Um, it's just a lack of CBAs that's concerning me. Like I, I just think with his more forward role, he, he's probably going to have a game where he drops a, a poor score. Um, yeah, that's that's my thinking. He's still in there quite a bit. He had 14 CBAs this week. Yeah, but who was, he was, the, who he, was played, he played like completely midfield in that last quarter when the game was on the line and, yep. and he did it well. If you look at their, if you look at their mix, though, Viney was the most with 28. So he had double what Petraka yeah, had. So, but yeah, Petraka had what, like 50% or maybe just under? Just under. And then Brayshaw, Sparrow were also above track. Clary to come back in a, in a couple of weeks' time. I just think if track stays forward, more even with the 50% CBAs he's probably gonna have a game where he drops at least an 80 and that's just not something that you want on the run home yeah maybe but I just I feel like you can't deny the form he's cut listen to his scores 102 115 104 117 125 103 118 116 yeah but the the two scores before this week were both massively impacted by kicking four snags each yeah because he's a gun mate he's a gun but <laughs> the point is so even though he's a gun, spending more time forward just means that he's more susceptible yeah. to a poor I get score. The, I get the concern. Yeah, I get the concern. But if you remember his breakout year, he wasn't a full-time mid. He was playing a mid-forward split and oh. he, averaged like, he averaged 108. He was still... He was like 60%. Majority mid, yeah. I would majority, say. but like... But it's the same thing. Like, if you're looking towards the end of the year at top eight mids, you don't want one that's spending half his time in the forward line. Yeah, maybe. All right. Agree to disagree. All right, let's move on <laughs> to our rocks. Who have you got? Oh, mate. Well, it's easy, but it's hard. And it's because I've got three and I can't split them. I've got Gorn, English, and Marshall. Did you do an order? I've got, I've got Gorn at number one, honestly. that's that, Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I've got English, Marshall, Gorn in that order. But so also, you've got Gorn at three. But I also can't really split them. 
Gordon's form either. can't be denied. And you, and honestly, his history can't be denied. You, you're loving the word denied this week. <laughs> <laughs> the word denied can't be denied. It, it, can't, it can't be. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't split them either. You could any of the three you could roll with for the rest of the year and be confident. My big thing is just if you can, if it's if it's you know feasible, try and get some ruck insurance at some stage. But yeah, they're clearly the top three. They're hard to split. Marshall probably has the most difficult run. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, we did a little fixture analysis, which we're going to get into after our best 22 chat, but maybe we'll sort of bring it in for this Ruck discussion now. And it just doesn't really help that much with the Rucks because they <laughs> all have a couple of easy ones and a couple of hard ones. Now, Gorn has his easy ones in the next like two weeks and then it gets harder because then he has Carlton and Hawthorne who are historically hard Ruck matchups. And Marshall has that same pair of, um, Ruckman at some point in his next five. And I think English does too. I'm pretty sure all three of them have that pair of teams. Yeah, it's a very similar draw for, for all three. I just think Marshall's is slightly slightly more challenging. Um, like you said, Gorn has the easy run immediately. But I mean, there's, I, I think it's kind of just splitting hairs here. You, whoever you pick is going to get you through and they're going to be great. You see, the thing is, uh, I'm like, after those comments from Ross Lyon about Marshall being banged up, sore. No, what did they say? He had some sort of issue. I can't remember if they said specifically what it was. <sighs> nah, I'm not really too concerned, to be honest. You think he's fine? Players get banged up. He dropped at 123. He, he was massive this week. I mean, they're probably going to manage him through training, I would imagine. I'm sure he's going to be fine. If if he's not, you know, if he is out for whatever reason, you know who you're bringing in. It's either Gorn or English, the one that you don't have. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same with, with all the Rucks. They're just but the it three. Is, it is a bit of a cash grab. A you, little bit. I mean, if you, if you go Marshall to Gorn this week, if you're trying to pre- anticipate some some matchups fixture, I think most people still just have bigger issues. You could you could do it, but I mean, it's not really that much of a cash grab anymore. What's it making you like one fifty k? Probably less this week. Yeah, Roughly, I yeah. Looked, it's but. it's it's not a, it's not a large amount anyway. Um, and like I said, I think it's just m- most people have bigger issues. I've still got Keys, who I'm keen to move on soon. Himmelberg, who I'm sort of keen to move on soon. I've got to get rid of Ashcroft this week. So yeah, you know, if, if you can, there's nothing else to do. You can make the move, but I don't think you would make it just for the cash. Cause a, a point that you made a couple of weeks ago is there's probably better moves you can make in terms of cash gen. Yep. Totally. All right, let's move on to our forwards. Now I have got Dunkley, Taranto, Goulden, Rosie, Cogs, and then at six, I've got Butters and I'm just I'm putting him in there because of his the season that he's had. He lo- he sort of looked back to form on the weekend. <laughs> he's been hot and cold like within games every single week for the last 3 weeks, but I think he's going to be in there at 6th. They've got a bit of a weird run too, Port. So I've I've got the same 5 as you. I've actually got Taranto in front of Dunkley. Yep. Just, you know, based on what he's done for the season, there's not yep. really anything to it. Um but I've got Flanders at number 6. I'm a big Sam Flanders man. If you look at their last five, Flanders is significantly outperforming Butters. Dew is gone. He had the most CBAs for Gold Coast this week. I reckon he's going to stay in that role, and I reckon he's going to average 100-plus for the rest of the year. You talk about Butters' run being hard, but Flanders has the hardest the run. hardest run in the whole competition. <laughs> Gold Coast's run is cooked. Let's, let me get it up here. It is, but I think being in the midfield for the first time, he's just got a lot to play for. I... I I don't think it's going to affect him, to be honest, too too much. He's got Brisbane, then Adelaide in Adelaide, then Sydney in Sydney, then he's got Carlton, 
And then finally, he has an easy matchup against North in the last round. But that's four hard ones in a row. Yeah. You, you look at Port, though, just on Butters, and they've got, they're basically locked into the top four. Um, Butters is 100% the type of player that Port will manage. You know, if he just has low, lower tog in a game, gets subbed out early, what like whatever it may be. Um, he's a player that I, I would be a little bit concerned holding through the next five, um, just, you know, for whenever Port do have a bit of a soft matchup, they get a lead on someone because he's such a battering ram. I think I think Hinks will be keen to give him breaks when he can. It's a good point. Yeah, and they, the, I'm just looking at their run now as well. It's probably equally as hard, actually. They've got Adelaide, Geelong, in Geelong. Then they've got GWS, who are very tough at the moment. Fremantle in Optus is probably their easiest of the next five. And then they've got Richmond, who are hard at the moment for mids as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, tough run, and I think he's a chance to get rested. So that's why yeah. I've got Flanders at six. Anyone else that you've got? Yeah, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> I'm going to say Luke Jackson still. I still like him, man. Nah. nah. I still like so- him. Softest, they have a soft run. Softest possible matchup this week that he could have had, and he scored 88. It's not enough. It's just not enough. I've got McRae in mind because they've got a soft run and it's still McRae. And Sheasel as a forward um, for the same reasons that we, we talked about in defense. I don't know. I just like – I still like Jackson, man. I don't know what it is. What what appeals though? Because this was the game that he had to just, you know, 110 plus smash Sydney who are easy for Rucks to score on. Number one, Ruckman. 88. It's just so underwhelming. I, I'm not I'm not grabbing a guy who I don't trust already on the back of an 88. Yeah, but you're saying McRae, who's in crap form. He's in crap form, but he's still averaging like 95 for the year, which is considerably more than Jackson. And that the, the crap form has kind of come from nowhere. Like you said earlier, he was in form before this and is just having a bit of a down patch. It would not surprise me at all if McRae dropped a 130 this week. Just, just he's the type of player that can. He could easily get on a roll, drop a, a massive end to the year. He's such a stud. Jackson, yep. just an unknown, an unknown, super unknown. But coming off an average game against an easy team, eighty-eight is not too bad. And the thing is, I'm looking. I, I can't justify the score, but it's, it's he only had one tackle, and you know he tackles more than that usually. Eleven disposals, I think, as well. But Fourteen. Four, four, there you go. I don't know where I got the eleven from. Maybe he was on eleven later in the game, but yeah. um. Ben Key scored 82 this week, and he's a player that I'm looking to move on. I'm not I'm not trading him to someone who's who scored 88. It just doesn't make any sense. You get me? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. All right, we'll agree to disagree on this one as well. Now, let's move on to our, um, our draw analysis. So I'm just going to flag a couple of the matchups that are really easy and then a couple of ones that are really hard. Um, so the soft matchups, and some of them are pretty surprising. Now, the first one is defenders... Against the Dogs, the Dogs are actually the easiest team for defenders at the moment. For general defenders, we're getting all our stats from DFS, by the way. Shout out to DFS because yeah. it is just a fantastic website for, yeah. for sourcing stats. Yeah. They basically take in the stats from like every player in those positions and they see whether they perform above or below their average for the, like against all the other teams against certain yeah, it's, you know, it's matchups. It's really a great tool. We, we used it for our captain stats this week as well. Yeah. So yeah, we, we owe him a bit of a shout out because they've they've helped the cousins pod. Yeah. So for the general defenders against dogs, it's plus forty two point six points above their average in the last five weeks. That yep. is incredible. Yeah. I don't know if you've got the numbers up now, but 
Essendon, the numbers that Essendon put on the dogs, you, you read them out this week. Well, Laverde, incredible. Laverde, 138 with 15 marks. Ridley, 128 with 14 marks. Kelly had 113 with 16 marks. Uh, McGrath turned up with 10 marks. Redmond, 100 with 9 marks. And Heppel had 9 marks as well for 92. Zerk Thatcher as well, I believe, scored an 80, which is just considerably above what he's averaging on the year. Just Essendon's seven-man defense rotation just absolutely mauled the dogs from a fantasy perspective. That's just that's too juicy to ignore. Whenever you've got defs coming up against the dogs, you've got you've to look hard at them. Yeah. And then some other ones like the week before, I think Sydney played them and Florent turned up. Um, the week before that, Quaynor dropped a 118 on them. Noble dropped a 113 on them with nine marks. It's just defenders, like dogs are just letting defenders just kind of chip around, have space, do what yeah. they want, switch it up. They're happy to give them give them that space um, and then they, they work their defense forward of the ball, basically. Um, the other easy defense matchups, we all know that St. Kilda are really, have been a really easy matchup for defenders this season and it's still the case for the last five rounds and Hawks as well have been giving up heaps of points to defenders. So those yeah, th- those two teams actually match <clears throat> up this week. Sicily, that is just juicy against the Saints. He dropped his 160 earlier in the year on him. Yeah. Sicily yeah, and Sinclair could, could drop in big, big scores this week. Also the Wang Mill, my boy. Yeah. So there's some nice, nice matchups for our defenders this week. Now, Rocks, Port and West Coast are the really, really easy ones. And just lately... Um, Sydney, even though Luke Jackson didn't monster them, I mean, yeah, they're just they're they're reckless at the moment. So disappointing from yeah, L- LJ. It, it is disappointing, but I still think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's a shame. There's not really too many relevant rocks that come up against those teams, but um, West Coast and Adelaide round twenty four. Rob could just be an interesting smoky for a big score if you're just chasing something super unique. We love Rob. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, it is time for our Riley O'Brien check-in. Giraffe. 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 Riley O'Brien, as we like to say, is unrivaled on the pitch and is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of greatness. And This week, he got dominated by the greatest ruckman of this generation <laughs> in Max Gorn. He managed a measly 69 from nine disposals and 20 hitouts, and we're going to forgive him and swiftly move on to our next talking point. All right, it's time for the Ben Keys check-in <laughs> straight after the Rob check-in, and this week, Baba Yaga. All right, it is time. an 82. For our stupid, <laughs> from sexy Flanders check-in. We've got a new one this week, and you I'm don't overriding. Ever, you do not ever interrupt the Ben Keys check-in. It's been this interrupted. Week, Baba Yaga scored 82 from only eight CBAs and he saved his score with a 39-point last quarter. I re-interrupted you because you're a rude man. Now you can talk about your stupid, sexy All right, Flanders stupid, check-in. sexy Flanders is our new check-in. I wanted to override you and you didn't give up. Um, Baba Yaga doesn't give up, so neither can I. <laughs> okay, that's true, that's true. Well put. This week, stupid, sexy Flanders, sexiest piece of ass in the whole AFL, scored a juicy, <laughs> juicy 110 with back-to-back games of 30-plus disposals, number one for CBAs in the Suns' mid-rotations. Beautiful. And number one for a place in my heart. You dropped that on me. I didn't I didn't know that you was coming. You didn't know. Yep. I couldn't let you override me, though. I couldn't do it to my boy, Ben. <laughs> I'm bringing in stupid, sexy Flanders this week, I think. Yeah, me too, I'm going to have a stupid, sexy subs. It's going to be good. 
twerking all over the place. I don't know how you're going to edit all that craziness of the last. It's going to be. Minutes. It's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough, but we'll, we'll see how we go. It's going to be chaos, but we're sorry for that, listeners. We're going to get back to our. <laughs> can't believe we did all three just back to back. We've never done that before. Bang, bang, bang! All right, fixture chat. Continue. Um, We've basically oh, covered it all. It's just no. We're forwards. up to inside. No, we're up to inside mids. We didn't cover the mids. All right, sorry. We apologies. did not, mate. Today has been a mess. It's just an absolute mess. <laughs> Continue. Don't let it get the better of you, man. <clears throat> all right. Inside mids, West Coast and Saints are very easy, but the easiest of all, North Melbourne. Yeah. They give up a truckload to inside mids. Shame Plus- Brad Crouch couldn't cash in this week. Stupid dog. <laughs> Continue. No, that's all I wanted to say. But on average, inside mids score 16.8 points higher than their average against North Melbourne. In the last Which five. is a lot. Yeah, yeah, in their last five rounds. So cash in on that matchup. Yeah, it's massive. Melbourne play them in two weeks' time. That That's one that Petraka could could get a bit juicy on. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's move on to our hard teams. Now, the, for defenders, the hard teams are Port Adelaide and Sydney. Now, the, it's a bit harder to analyze the defender numbers because on DFS you have general defenders and then you also have a designated kickers category. And, and wing defenders. And also wing defenders, which is basically your, your wingers. Yeah, you kind of have to mash all three together and, yeah. and figure out who's got the... Yeah, but we've we've put those two teams down. Port, who, who was it? Port and... Sydney. Sydney, because they're hard in all three of those categories. Wing defense, general defense, designated kicker. So just, yeah, tough tough matchups there. Um, the other ones you want to be cautious about is actually rucks against Richmond over the last couple of weeks. With um Soldo, you've you've added that in at a weird time. Why is that? Just continue, continue, just continue. That's all right. All right, you'll have to explain yourself in a second. All right, so I'm saying Richmond are hard matchup based on this DFS numbers, minus twenty one point two against their average against Richmond in their last five, which does include a couple of games from Nank. I think he towelled up a couple of bad Ruckman. So, I don't know. I feel like that data skewed. I still think Gorn is going to have a good game against Soldo. This yeah, week. it should be fine. Uh, Collingwood is a tough matchup for Rucks, and I think that's mostly because of their play style. DC is quite restrictive as well when he gets in there. He is, yeah. He's not like a super dominant hit-out Ruckman. Um, but, yeah, I just think they play fast and they play clean, so there's just like less stoppages. Um, and Gold Coast, obviously, because Wits is a beast in the Ruck contest. Now... Inside mids, the hard matchups are against Sydney, Richmond, and Carlton. Those are the hardest inside midfield matchups over the last five weeks, which kind of surprised me. So Richmond is tough in a few categories. Sydney is tough in a few categories. And obviously Carlton are the hardest for inside mids. So that's just something to be aware of. Cool. All right, let's move on to the rest of our discussion. And I want to ask you, are the Eagles in genuine worst of all time areas? It's funny because that's actually a question that I posed to the group this week. Um, not yet because, I, I mean, in terms of just single season, absolutely. But if we're talking about just like a general team in a period of time, not quite because it's only a longer been, period of time. Yeah, exactly. You know, if this stretches out to two or three more years, then 100%, they'll be in the conversation. But it just hasn't been long enough yet. In terms of single season, they've got to be close, man. It's really just... Right on the edge. It's flattening to say because we are West Coast fans, but that's just how it is. They're going to get creamed on for the rest of the year as well. So 
It's pretty poor, isn't it? It's very poor. All right. <laughs> I've got another question for you. Who wins the Brownlow this year? Dacos. Nick Dacos. Nick Dacos. There's no there's not enough players on the pies taking votes off him. Whereas Bont, who's probably the biggest competitor, you look through the dogs list, like McRae will still get votes. There'll be a couple of games that Baz pops up. Libba will get votes this year. Caleb Daniel's having a great year. They've just got too many good players who rack up that, that can get get in there. So I would love Bont to win because I think he absolutely deserves it. But I just think Dacos is, is going to get it. Yeah, looking back, it's such a travesty that Bont came second to Ollie Wines. Ollie Wines, man. Can I can't believe it. I, it still makes me angry because it's like Bont, in all honesty, is one of the greatest players of our generation, if not all time. Like the things that he does on the He's field. He's up there, mate. Yeah, yeah. N- not not many players can do. Um. And then a guy like Ollie Wines, who's just a one-season wonder, has has not really achieved anything else in his career. Uh, you know, I, again, I hate to bash a guy while he's down, but he's just not even close to the level of Bond. And you can tell from, you know, they're, they're a similar age. They might even be the same age now. And their career trajectories, Bond is still on the up and Ollie Wines is like close to being in the sandful. Yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah. gross. The reason I asked the question is because it potentially has fantasy repercussions for the for the run home you think you think bont thinks is a chance for it 100 percent. he would he's do. A man red i reckon hot chance i reckon he's closer to it than than most people are, are giving credit for i mean oh, everyone's saying race. it's dacos he's still in the race but yeah i think he won that man and it, oh, he's just in such red hot form i hope he gets it i really do yeah me too all right well i guess that wraps up our knights of the round table for this week and we're going to move on to the cousins crystal ball Okay, the Cousins Crystal Ball, we're on to the goofy part of the pod. Now, last week, Jados, you said that Dunks would drop a 130-plus. He scored 112. What do you have to say for yourself? Couldn't get it done, could he? He could. He did get motoring. He top, he top scored for that team. I think it's a pretty good effort on return, but yeah, one third. I was trying to say, it's a bold call. It, look, it was a bold call. We settled. We did settle you on it. You slammed me for it. You slammed me you for it. You embarrassed mine. me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did win the poll that we put yeah, out. Yeah, but you you put it so you had to you had to include the context. You know, people in their minds are just like, oh yeah, Dunks one thirty plus. Yeah, gets it every second week. He's only done it twice for the season, people. And it's a hard matchup. It was his first game back. It was a bold call. Well, I said, LDU would be a top eight mid for the rest of the year. Not bold enough. Which he's never done. It, it, mate, the people voted. The people voted. Michael the people was are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Don't listen to Jados. He's he's in a bit of a bad mood. He's been a bit of a sookie bub today and yesterday. Fantasy's not going your way at the moment, is it, mate? Mm. It's been a bit of a jumbly pod. Yeah. So, so is it all going wrong? <laughs> it's all going wrong. All right. Well, how about we try and get some things right and you tell me what you've got for this week. Bont to go sub 100 for the first time since round seven this Ooh. week. Interesting. Why? Why do you say this? Because I want it to happen. <laughs> it's just—it's more a plea than anything else. It's a cry for help against the Giants. It's hard to see that they would put any r- extra attention into him because they haven't really been clamping up on on anyone this year. They've got a real attacking midfield, nah, and I don't think they will. They've been winning games playing the way they have been. Their midfield's been pretty dominant. Bond one fifty. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if that's your prediction. No, nah, it's not, but I, I reckon that that is more likely than him to go oh, wow. so <laughs> Yeah. So I'll give it to you. It's bold. 
You're calling, it is bold. You're calling possibly the best player for the season, at least top three in terms of fantasy, to have a bad game. So I'll give you that. Mine this week is that Harry Himmelberg backs up his 110 or his 112 that he actually got in the end with another 110 plus score. Second in a row. Not bold enough. That is bold. Did you hear the stats that I gave about defenders against Western Bulldogs? He scored one ton this year and it was lo- the, the week just gone. Exactly. I'm so he's, he's in do form one ten and he's against... Again. No, mate. No, not bold enough. 115. I'll give you 117 plus. 115. No. 116. 117. I'm, I'm not going any lower. That, <laughs> that one point, I don't know if I it's... I will fight for this one point. I don't know if that's going to get me there, to be honest. I don't believe it. I don't believe that he's going to go that high. I just think he's going to drop a small 110. That's bold, though. Two games in a row, mate. He looked phenomenal on the weekend, just quietly. He did, I, he we didn't really great. mention him in any of our hogs or... You know what? Bogs or... 120. He's gone 120. There you go. I've changed. I've embraced it. I'm saying he goes 120 plus this week. I don't think it's bold enough. His high score of the I season. I reckon he's going You're 150. If, if you reckon mine's not bold enough. <laughs> yours is also not bold enough. But you have to go Bont sub 90 if I'm going any higher. It's just not happening. 99 is like a fine score for Bont. What do you mean? You're pissing me off, to be honest. <laughs> Doing this to me every goddamn week. Nah, I'll give you 170. No, 120. You said 120. I want, yeah, I want 120. But you have to do 95. Sub 95. It's just not happening. 97 then. All right. That's it. In my mind, Bont's going 96 this week, so I'll take that. So we've barred down. Bont has to go sub 97. Himmelberg has to go plus 120. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting week if those two things happen. Mm, They're both happening. I hope they do because I don't own Bont, but I do own Himmelberg. I know you're in the same boat. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. This is more just like... The cousins' fantasies, really, isn't it? Just yeah, what just, we dream will happen this weekend. That, yeah, that's that's definitely what the crystal ball has turned into. But that's <laughs> all right. It's entertaining. That's all that matters. Anyway, the crystal ball is now wrapped up for the week. Let's move on to fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Okay, fantasy proverbs. You ready for some wisdom, cuz? I'm, I'm ready for some wisdom, mate. Well, this quote comes from Ned Flanders. Oh, here we go. Sam's dad, as we all know. Sam's daddy. And he said, they warned me Satan would be attractive. (laughs) (laughs) And you know who he's talking about? Oh, goodness. Sam. His son. (laughs) Sam. The other Flanders. Stupid, sexy Sam Flanders. He's the devil. He's the devil and he's attractive. (laughs) And he's coming straight into my team. Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> man, that's good. I te- tell you what, The Simpsons is a phenomenal show, mate. The good episodes are just right up the top. It is, yeah, it's true. Ned Flanders is a f- one of the funniest characters of all time. <laughs> I love the quote, mate. I love, I love the quote. <laughs> You've got me a bit giggly now to, to end the pod. I'll hit you with mine. My, my proverb is this. It's from my all-time favorite TV show. It's from Ted Mosby and How I Met Your Mother, and it's this. Sometimes things have to fall apart to make way for better things. What that means in a fantasy standpoint is this. You grow attached to the players in your team. They drop big scores for you. Baba Yaga, perfect example. 82 this week. It's just not quite enough. You've got to you've got to cut him. You've got to move on. You've got to let things fall apart, relationships fall apart, bring in better players. That's what fantasy is about, upgrading your team throughout the season. Don't get too attached to these guys. Move on. Make your team better. Let's go. Is it the end of our Baba Yaga era? No more check-in. 
not quite, but it's the end of his era in maybe my it was, team. Maybe it was symbolic that that you know that you he got off. he got cut off. You can't you know? Flanders is stupid, sexy Flanders is bumping him out. Consequences. He's our new boy. Consequences have come for Bobby Yaga. I need a new boy then for our check-ins. Maybe you take Rob. No, I'll take. That's sexy Flanders. I'll think of one. <laughs> There'll be a new check-in right, on right. the pod next week. We'll find someone. To end the year. Sounds oh. good. All, all right. right. Well, done. I guess <laughs> you're That's done. It. It's all right. Fantastic. You Thanks. You Thanks care. for coming. You don't care for my proverb? You Thanks for all your wisdom. No, I care for it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate the care. It's been it's been a very goofy pod. It's it been an odd been. pod. We're getting, odd pod. Getting towards the end of the season, you can tell. You can definitely tell that the Cousins... Mental strength is wavering. <laughs> no, my team's charging, mate. Well, my team's charging. I outscored you this week. Yeah, but how about that, bitch? Who's over? <laughs> who's leading overall? Oh, you got like what twenty four points on me? Yeah, I'm coming. It's for only you, growing I'm this co- week. It's not growing. It's shrinking. <laughs> it's gonna fully dissipate, and I'm gonna take over. I've got to lead the overall rank charge for our league. Otherwise, who am I? What am I doing? Nothing. I'm not making finals, mate. You are nothing. Oh goodness me! All right. Anyway. That is the end of our podcast for today. You've been listening to The Cousins. Follow us on Twitter at The Cousins Pod. And on Instagram at The Cousins Fantasy. Good. Got it again. Very good, my man. Very, very good. You've got to wake up pretty early to slip one by the (laughs) J-Keys. 9 a.m. That's another How Meet Mother quote for those who who know and don't know. Great show. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. Well, good luck for round 20. That's what we're up to now, right? Certainly Round is, mate. 20. One week away from fantasy finals. I know. We're get, it's, it's getting serious. And lads. for me, it's getting serious. 25 weeks away from fantasy finals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. All right. Well, good luck with your trades this week. We're praying for no more carnage because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all the carnage that's been happening. Aren't we all? Yep. I'm keen to make my trades. Bringing in the dock. Have you got anyone that you're bringing in this week? I'm looking at Flanders and Steel and still having some cash for next week. So Love it. Getting That's rid nice. of getting rid of Baba Yaga, RIP, yep. and yep. Uh, Ashcroft. Yeah, I like it. All right, awesome. Well, good luck, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your Cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.